Hello, it's another one of these panel things that we're doing on the Big Red Arrow Club. I'm going to put Arrow into the uh, title here because I forgot to do it last time and it sounded a bit sinister. So um, Arrow is a much more friendly term and I think we can get away with that. So uh, this time we're going straight into things, uh, but I just want to say hello to our guests. So I'm going to start at the top with Mr. Polymat. Hello. Hello. And Glenn from CRG. Hello. And John Retrobytes. Hello. And Mr. Late, uh, Rose-Tinted Spectrum, Dave. Hiya. Okay, so the focus episode that we're doing today, this isn't a, uh, a multi-choice thing. Uh, this is um, a single question that we thought had a little bit of um, meat on the bone. So what the, uh, the, the question that we want to know here is, what is your process? And um, I, I don't want to start with me, so I'm actually going to go straight over to the man that was kept us sitting here the, the most uh, and dro dropping straight in at the deep end before his takeaway arrives is Mr. Rose Tinted Spectrum. How do you, um, how did you start out with the process when you started off on YouTube? What, what did your process look like then? Um, ooh, that's a difficult one actually, because uh, the process, I don't think is actually a great deal different to how I do it now. Um, yeah, when I first started out, it was basically a case of I wanted to do something. Basically, I wanted to go back and, and replay games from my youth, uh, which happened to be the ZX Spectrum. And I kind of just went, like, you know what, let's just do it and, and see what comes out of it. And that initial process was it had more of a comedy bent um in in terms of how I thought it would be built up. So what I did for my very first video is I had this whole segment at the start where it talked about that year specifically. Um, so it went into things that happened in the year that Dizzy came out, which was the very first game that I reviewed. And it kind of built up on that. And it wasn't necessarily just about Dizzy. It was kind of like trying to build a, I guess, an image in the viewer's mind of what it was like at that particular time so it had like news clips from the the period etc etc and um it literally took one person because obviously your audience isn't massive on your first video one person said um uh, if i were you i'd skip that in the next videos and I went, okay yeah i'll just i'll skip that i won't do that again um and then loads of other people came up and they were like oh i actually really like that bit i was like no that guy said he didn't like it so i'm just going to take that out now uh so i just stopped doing it from that point on i've kind of done like other stuff that's similar to that since but it was um it was that process of i guess trying to find the story uh when i review things because i don't necessarily pick a game to review based on the game itself i know that sounds like a ridiculous thing to say but it's uh it's kind of the outside factors on that so when i started out i was literally picking games that i had experience with which i don't necessarily do now it was so much easier to build a story when i have history with uh the system and the game and then i started to branch out from that so even though the the process is slightly different in that i I was only picking games that I had history with. It was always about finding the story uh, of how I get from the start to the end and seeding in the, the comedy elements from that. So, yeah, the, the process is roughly the same, but I guess the the uh, the instigation of that idea is slightly different as I've gone on. I think story is probably going to come up. Mm. Well, it's certainly going to come up from me because uh, I'm – the rest of us are kind of uh, hardware guys. You're the only um, software guy that we let in. Yep. Um, and I think I, it'll be. It's going to be interesting to see if there's going to be par parallels. Um, but does anybody else um, have anything that any big changes from when they started? Are there any you know things that you you do much much more differently? Matt's nodding. Yeah. Um, when when I started, it was. It was it was definitely born out of the fact that I I was really interested in the computers of my childhood and I wanted to share it right and that's that was my starting point which I think maybe maybe it was for most of us but um, I thought that I had to do this overly produced this scripted this and so I actually made my first video probably two or three years ago 
Um, and I had this whole idea for a channel called Sweet Retro Tech, and I had this massive 3D intro animation, and I scripted all of it, and I used a teleprompter, and I cut together my first video, and it took me forever, and I hated it. I hated the process. I hated the video. Uh, it never saw the light of day, and I just oh, I abandoned it. I, I, I wonder. I wonder if I still have it, right? But but I need. But and, and so I just left it because that's what I thought YouTube was, right? I looked at some of the creators that I was looking at, and I'm just like, they're so they're so buttoned up. They have a personality, right? They have a um, a character they play on screen sometimes, you know. And and I thought that that's what it had to be, and. When I started watching more and more of just the creators that, that I enjoy now and really starting to dig into it, then it I'm just like, you know what? Like I've got this project that that I want to do and I'm just gonna film it. I'm not gonna talk about it. I'm not gonna do anything else. I'm just gonna film what I do, the projects that I make, because it's it's a streamlined workflow. I don't have to worry about scripting. I don't have to worry about editing vo or voiceover, anything like that. It's just lighting, film, and me doing the thing. And that seemed like a sustainable thing for me to do. I've gotten a little bit more kind of complicated from then, but but it, it, it was kind of like easing into the process. And so now I'm still going to evolve, right? I'm still going to change things, but I've got kind of my my thing now. And I'm just kind of putting it out there and then seeing if people like it. But it was it was black and white from what I when I, when I started and what I tried to do originally. Well, that's interesting because I, I mean, you you've not got a, a massive amount of content on your channel yet. It's all very very high quality, and um, I did wonder if there was something before that uh, in your deep, distant, and dark, and uh, wanting to be forgotten past. And obviously there is. This is great. Um, yeah, give me a link. Can I throw out a question there, just <laughs> yeah. Um, you mentioned there about scripting. Do you script your intro? No. Or is that just off the cuff? Just it's it's all in editing. I, I sit in front of the camera and I just talk. And then if I don't like what I just said, I'll try another way and rephrase it. And I and then I just edit it together and then I'm comfortable with it. I'm comfortable. And it's it's funny, the first the, the first couple of times, the first video that I did, I didn't even do any two camera stuff, right? It was just quick intro, right to it couple of title cards to explain the few things that was going on and then i got a lot of feedback to being like we don't really understand what this is you got to at least do a setup and then so i started doing my intros and when i was doing my intros um there's like a little bit of an overhang of my of my bumper um that goes into the video and i just had this kind of like deadpan stare into nothing before i started talking because you know like that's what you do but you don't film that part and i kind of liked it and i got some good feedback from it so now there's always this kind of awkward pause that i'm just like kind of staring into nothing before i start talking and i don't say hello and i don't say uh i think i may have done in, in one of my videos but i just i just pause because i'm like kind of going through what i'm about to say and then I just start, and I kind of liked it, and so I've kept doing that. Yeah, it all sounds very familiar. I mean, my intro section is the only thing that I would ever script, but only very occasionally. Normally, I just just go for it, you know, just wing it effectively. Have you always done that, then, Glenn? Uh, um, uh, scripting um, parts of your intro. Well, you see, when, my, when this channel started, I started looking at uh, software, and that all that was scripted, mostly was but i just found that whole process took forever mm. when i found mm. the focus of this channel on the hardware side of it then for me just you know my videos is just working through the problem from start to finish and i just talk over everything as i go mm. you know the, the only bits where i'm face the camera you know in the intro or the outro that's the only bit that i might script but most of the time i don't i just wing it as i said and uh the only thing with that, though, is that you'll maybe get 10 takes of that before I try to get everything right and get everything in there that I want to say. Mm. I, I don't do the deadpan stir, though. My way of getting myself started <laughs> is to turn the chair to the camera, turn myself to the camera. So if you, can see, if you can see the outtakes, I'm going round in circles. <laughs> One day you're just going to unscrew the chair and just fall off. <laughs> yeah, probably. John, um, your turn. I, I've got two questions for you, John. Um, mm -hmm. you, we can come on to the uh, where do you, 
how things were for you when you started, you know, your process, how has it changed? But I want to know, um, because all of your stuff is scripted, I assume. No, it was. So I used to script, oh. like, everything I would write. That reams, right, everybody, reams we're, we're in the presence of a pro here, because <laughs> if you can fool me, um, that's, so that's actually impressive. I scripted the heck out of it, and now I have sort of like a... It's just a series of bullet points no. put into sections, and I'll just do the stuff because I was sounding quite wooden because you know you'd write something in like a particular cadence and then you'd read it back and it's I keep getting takes where it sounded like I was reading something and I'd have to redo it again and try and not make it sound like I was reading it and I wasn't very good at that so (laughs) I I stopped I just had there's just a rough rough list of points I want to make and then I I will go back and chop that down quite a lot now because some of mine would be like an hour and a half if I didn't get brutal with them. There are whole sections. I forget. And sometimes I have an idea of, oh, that might work. And then even I get bored partway through it. So that just is, I mean, I nearly did an explanation of set theory in my last video. I, I was that close. <laughs> One thing I wanted to do about formal methods, and then I thought, I'm explaining a lot of maths. Just, no, even I find this dull. How the hell will anybody else want to watch this? So, yeah, I just stopped. But that's because I had a bullet point that just said they did this, and I got a bit carried away, and then there was maths. I'm thinking, I'm, no, I'm never going to edit this into the video. Stop now. Yeah, you sort of find you you find you get to that, don't you? Probably yeah. more for us hardware guys, less so than Rosie. But, you know, if I'm working on something, say, solar and a project or whatever it is i'll know that i'm recording it for five minutes or so and that's more than enough you know people are yep. gonna get bored watching that and if anything i'm gonna fast you know do it fast forwarded just for mm. a few seconds and then cut you know so I, I can't just cut the camera and get it out of the way and actually concentrate on do a bit of work and then bring the camera back in later sort of thing you mm. know yeah, the only yeah. issue i suppose with doing that though is trying to pull it all together at the end and trying to find the story in it yeah. that's yeah. Uh, actually um how I started after I did the pinball build and and started doing retro repairs, I would could, because with the pinball build, I would just set a camera up and do the work and then just record everything. Um, and then I'd have to edit it together and <laughs> do a, a voiceover over the top of it. Um, and then with retro repairs, um, I started off doing exactly the same thing, just setting a camera up, pointing at, at myself working. And then again, I'd have so much footage gigabytes of footage of um something that took me a a few nights to repair and it it was sometimes it was a real struggle because you would go through it and you think well this is actually this is all a bit boring i'm and what am i going to do with this and that's when i started actually you know trying to bring some humor into it as well to you know spice things up a little bit but yeah um so yeah if we're going to finish off on scripting before we get back to john's um Final part of his question, um, Dave, Rosie, Rosie, Dave, what? Well, Rosie, um, <laughs> whatever, say any name. You're, uh, you're our resident script, and mm. I, I think I'm, I know the answer to this. Um, what, what is your favourite part of the process? Is it writing? Yes, it is. I, I, it depends. It honestly depends on on the the video um, again because the the selection. Somebody actually brought this up. One of my um, patrons the other day said, "Oh, you've done such a run of bad games recently. We need to find you like a good game to review." And I said, "Where's uh, the pain in that?" <laughs> yeah, but it, that but that, that I think that's where they were leading to because I said it's not necessarily about. It's very easy to find a bad game and and play it and go ah, ha 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 isn't that a funny thing but that's not really how i pick the games it it tends to be there are there are a lot of bad games out there but not all of them are worth talking about and it's it's it doesn't matter if it's a good or bad game for me it's is there something in it worth talking about specifically in terms of game design or again going back to the story is there something there that the game does that's different to something else because there are like a thousand and one mario clones for example I could make a video on each of them, but there wouldn't there wouldn't be material there to make a video out of. It would just be going, uh, this game, the jumping is bad, and I do not like it. And I nobody cares. Stop Nobody's going to play about it anyway. Dizzy. Well, <laughs> well, there is that. Yeah, it, it's very 
it's very dependent on the game. Sometimes I'll write a script and I'll just think, like, the script's fine and it goes into the, the detail of what I want to talk about. But is it going to be an interesting video? And then I get to the editing part and that's where it starts to come together. And for, sometimes I'll read a script and think, you know what, that is that is going to work. I'm, I'm absolutely fine with that. And other ones, I'll write the script and I'm not sure, I'm genuinely not sure until I've got maybe two minutes into editing and something works that I haven't thought of because I do my editing on the fly. <laughs> I do a lot of my scripting on the fly. It's generally just, I do everything. It's like a stream of consciousness mostly and then edit bits out as I go or add bits in. So the two kind of go hand in hand for me. Um, editing comes second, but it sometimes bolsters that writing massively and it can be um a good i don't want to say band-aid for for bad writing because it's not a case of the writing being bad it's just a case of is that writing specifically interesting enough to last throughout the entire video and editing wise that can really bolster that part of it and it's just sometimes very difficult to see beforehand uh you you have to kind of process a good two to five minutes to see is this working or not. Or certainly it is for me. Um, I guess Glenn might be in the same situation because I know Glenn, mm -hmm. you do things kind of bit by bit. Yes, um, I was just going to bring that up actually. Yeah. I was going to ask the rest. So of we're not dissimilar in that case. Yeah. No, I will edit as I go. Mm. So, I mean, and I will break it up as much as I'll sit and record my intro. You know, it might take me 10 minutes to do that and it's only for a 30 second intro, say. But I'll do that, and then I'll edit that, and then I'll you know move over to the desk beside me here where I do most of the work, and you know say I'm opening up a computer to get the motherboard out of it. So I'll record all that, the disassembly, taking the board out, stop, bring all that into the computer, edit that whole bit, and then go back and do the next bit of the project. At the end, then I will go through everything again, mm. just and, you know because there always is wee bits you like to tweak as mm. you go. You know, and then I'll just cut out other wee bits. Or if I need to record a wee bit of voice or something for a small segment, I'll do that. But yeah, generally I edit as I go. I find it speeds up the process for me. Actually, mm -hmm. I don't know how the rest of you hardware guys work though. You just um, record everything and then try to pull it together at the end. Or this that well, I I explained what my process was, and uh, up until probably four or five videos ago, um. I, I decided to try something new and it, it was because I had some repairs that I knew pretty much how they were going to pan out. They weren't, they weren't going to be any big surprises. So I scripted them from the start. Um, uh, so I actually wrote the intro and part of the first part of the repair and then recorded it and then did the, that part of the work, took that to the editing, edited it and then wrote the next part, went and did that um, brought it back, edited it, wrote the next part until I got to the end of the video. So I was doing it bit by bit rather than the whole thing all in one go. Sorry. Uh, the, the main difference to me then, I suppose, is that I'm not scripting that bit of it. I'm not scripting the the repair as such. You know, that's just me talking while I'm working. Mm. Yeah. You know, it would only be if, if I, you know, mess up my words or, you know, stumble my words or say something wrong. When I'm working the, on it, mm -hmm. that that, the, I, that, I, that I would re-record a small a small segments of speech, but we're only talking maybe re-recording a portion of a sentence. Well, that's what I was going to ask you, um, because what I've found I do quite often is I'll in, I'll record that intro and I'll be perfectly happy with it, but by the time I get to the end, I think it'd be really good if I could foreshadow this at the beginning. So I re-record yep. the intro almost mm. every single time. Mm. Uh, I haven't the... I, I haven't actually done that yet. No, I've, I've always just left it. I try to leave my intro almost as a mystery. You know, the, here is, you know, computer with supposed fault. Let's find out what's wrong with it. Let's try and fix it sort of thing. You know? I'm complete opposite, basically, because I have to play through an entire game so I know what the point is by the end. So yeah, Of course. It depends on the, the length of the game. I think the longest that I've done so far is was between eight and 10 hours. And if you get through eight or 10 hours of a game that wasn't particularly enjoyable anyway, and you get to the end and think, <laughs> ah, God, is there something I can do with this? <laughs> um, so I do just start writing 
there and then. But yeah, it requires that, um, as Lee put it, foreshadowing. Uh, that's a lot easier for me when I've played through the entire thing and I know where it's going. And I can just say, I can tell you what, this is this is the start because I know where the end is and I'm not sure I could write my way backwards from that. So um, I mean, fair play to you. <laughs> But I don't. I don't think it's a way I, I will be able to write. I don't think. I, I, I don't think it would to. be possible to do it that way no. with software on no. games. You know, you, you you need to know the story of the game. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, you'd have to play through it. Yeah. But you can always use uh, level skip codes to get yourself progressed in the game, can't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> doing the doing the intro is the last thing I do, um, uh, because I I usually just don't don't have any idea of what the video is going to really, the story it's going to tell until I do it. So I'll come up with a project. Um, repair ones are more interesting because I have no idea what's going to be wrong or what I'm going to have to do or things like that. Um, when I'm building something, I have a little bit more of an idea, but during the build, I always make decisions that that take me down a different path or I want to do something differently or I want to recreate something. And so I will shoot for a, for a 20 minute video and this is me editing in time saying, oh, this might be interesting to film or this might not be. But for a 20-minute video, I usually film five to six hours of footage. I'll plug it all in. I'll, Glenn, I think it's, it's, a, it's a great term. I'll find the story, right? So I have all of this footage. I'll, set, I'll think, you know what? Moving this part here would make more sense in the flow. Moving this part here would make more sense. Um, and then I'll, I'll edit it down. And then when I'm happy with the video, then I'll go back and I'll, and I'll film the intro. Um, and I, I tease it a little bit, but I also kind of come out in the intro and, and I think that I make it known that the intro I've, I've already made the thing because, you know, I'll say things like, you know, this project was a blast, you know, you, you know, you know, your this one was a lot of fun or, or things like that, or, or this one was a pain in the ass. And so, but, but yeah, like that, I'll, I'll just shoot interesting stuff, edit it into a story, and then, yeah, I'll, then they'll go through and film the intro. Before we carry on, John, um, I realise I didn't finish asking you. Um, I really want to know, because out of all everybody here, the, the person I want to know how they started the most from is you. Oh, it's um, gonna... And how, how has it changed? It's going to be a disappointing story. I was almost a repair channel. That's what it was going to be because my YouTube channel was not my idea. Uh, a friend of mine, Greg, was I was repairing an old compact portal. He's like, oh, people would be interested in that. You, you, you should film some of that and do something about that. And that was kind of the idea. And then I forgot to film it whilst repairing it. So I was going to try to edit this thing together. So I'm just going to have to talk about the machine. There's, there's nothing else left to do. And then I thought, well, I could do the history of it. And then, yeah, it sort of accidentally evolved into sort of the beginnings of what it is now. But yeah, it was, it was going to be a repair channel. That that was the idea. I was going to, going to just film myself repairing this compact portable. But yeah, due to my inadequacy when it came to getting around to filming stuff. That's that's not what happened. But yeah, I'm kind of an accidental YouTuber. It was it was not my plan to start with. You're you're Mr. B roll. Um everything is mm. is pretty much B roll on, on what you do. So um you don't have to actually film anything ahead of time. It's, no, it feels like a massive cheat almost it is because i i know where my story starts and i know where my story finishes and what its arc will be because it happened 30 years ago mm. it's, there's there's no surprise for me so i can foreshadow the heck out of stuff at the beginning because I, I i know where this is going to end up and yeah there's no, no surprises to come and get me because it all happened a very very long time ago so yeah i just shoot a lot of b-roll of various machines and stuff that i'm doing and sometimes find interesting little clips and graphics and but it does mean I find myself sort of scrabbling around for stuff in the edit quite a lot in terms of the visuals rather than the story and the words. Because I start with the narration and do most of that, and I'm filming the B-roll bits that go with it. Very rarely, unless I'm actually like building something on camera, do I? And I just leave essentially a gap in the narration for there, and I build and solder together whatever the thing is, and I do the narration to go with what I captured and what happened then. But it's just, you know, there's a whole for it in you know my plan of what my dialogue is and i fill that bit in towards the end one thing that strikes me on your channel 
and which makes me think of why I like certain uh, YouTube videos is that you are someone I consider a master of the story part of the, mm. uh, and, and it's, and it's not all channels are uh, set themselves out. And Glenn would be a good example of this uh, as, you know, because he naturally tells the story of what he's doing just by doing it. It's, you know, it, he's telling you the story of, um, correct me if I'm wrong, Glenn, of, you know, how you get from, of the broken machine to, to the point at the end when it's fixed. And, and it's, you know, you, what's the idea anyway? <laughs> <laughs> but are you aware of that as you're doing it though? Are you, are you... I've gotten more aware of that. Yeah. As, as time goes. Is there, have there been any influences on that? Any other, you know, of our peers that uh, have made you think, Oh, this is uh, this is a good idea. Maybe I should do it that way. Well, I mean, I watch a lot of, your own videos, Lee. Oh, and of course. Watch, and, you know, and uh, I watch a lot of Adrian and oh, you know, who, a lot of, Adrian who? Adrian Black. <laughs> Never heard of him. <laughs> I know. Right? <laughs> and a lot of uh, Gadget UK, Chris. Uh, yeah. So you know, I like to think that I sort of position myself maybe somewhere between those two, in, yeah, in the way that, that Gadget approaches things and the way that Adrian does. I definitely don't have the technical expertise of, of those two guys, but I, I think I, I don't know. It's it's hard it's, it's hard to describe. You know, I think the way I try to come to the story, I need to think about this. Yeah, I mean, I think I I just work through the problem, and I just tell it as it is as I'm working. I mean, mm -hmm. everything you see on on the video is just as it happens to me and I'm just describing it as it happens and I, I think that honesty in it, it is the story itself almost you know and as I know certainly from my regular viewers my the wee community that's around my channel it seems to be the the part of my videos that they like you know that it, it's, it's what they come for the just the, the journey the, you know the mm. process from start to finish and if if we do manage to fix something or not I completely agree with you on the honesty side of storytelling. I think that's a massive thing, regardless of whether it's software, hardware, or anything. Really, when you've when you've got that element, I think I would. I'm just pulling stats out of the air, but I would say eighty percent of people would be more comfortable watching you fail at something honestly than being successful at something uh, yeah. dishonestly. Uh, to, to put it that way writing that down <laughs> well, it's, it's more interesting fact yeah, yeah it is yeah. It's, a, it's a lot Absolutely. more interesting i've actually found myself in the, even in the last few videos trying to keep the honest reaction in the video you know where if something does blow up on me or like say that recapping or not I, the, the the short video just the one that was released earlier today you know, I, I spent hours, and I mean hours, working on that thing, trying to find the, the blown capacitor, and then it was, hold on a minute, that filter looks a bit funny, and pull that out, and the short's gone all of a sudden, it's this filter that's bad. And that was the honest reaction, like, I just collapsed onto the desk, and I do not believe this, I have spent hours moment. working on this thing. <laughs> it was a great moment, and it must have been so, well, I, I'm not saying it would have been tempting for you, but a lot of people would have been so tempted just to cut out those 70 ceramic caps that you removed yeah. and replaced that were actually fine <laughs> and oh, cut all man. of that out and just pretend it never happened. But yeah, again, you, that, that's what comes back to what we're talking about, isn't it? You know, the honesty in it. And that for that video, that is the story. Mm. You know, that's, that's, I went down a rabbit hole. I went down the wrong one. See, if you don't have failure followed by triumph, that's like the structure of most storytelling, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. You kind of... Yeah. You know, a story where everything just goes fine. Mm -hmm. Not a very interesting story, really. No. My most successful video is one where I tried four or five different things before I got it right. And and I had so many comments on people that you could just tell were like invested, right? And that just like I had, I had so many comments where, you know, if I finally turned it on and you hear the bong from the Apple, like people hmm. just like jumped up and, and, you know, like cheered and things like that. And that just makes you feel good because like that's then, you know, that's a good story, right? People yeah. are in, in it with you. They're invested. They see the frustration. They feel the frustration in the things that you try. It's very honest because like, yeah, like anything 
like a, a how-to video. I, I would either, I would more enjoy watching a how-to video where people failed quite a bit before they got it right, because that alone is more information, right? Mm-hmm. Because like, it's not just look for a cap, find the bad cap, replace the cap, you're good to go, right? It's like, no, well, what happens when it's not? Right. What happens when the, you know, the, 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 the happy path does not exist for when you're repairing something, it's a better story. And it's like, that's how I learned, right. Watching people try some things and fail and then have to try other things. And even the thought process that goes into repairing something is just like, oh, well, okay, well, first you try the obvious things, then you try the not so obvious things. Then you go back and try the obvious things again, because you might've missed something, right. It's, it's, it's just kind of a, it's a good experience. I'd rather watch someone failing for 12 hours to beat, you know, a game franchise, um, shape, you know, in an egg shape, um, <laughs> than, uh, than someone just like picking up a game and finishing it in five minutes. Well, is it not the big difference between a, uh, a tutorial channel where if you're looking for the answer to something, you want that video to be one minute long and for mm. them to say like 12 words maximum that just give you the answer versus watching somebody experimenting and trying to to get to the end point in exactly the same way somebody would look at my channel do i want to know how to complete this game very quickly or do i want to watch somebody dying many many times in the process for 35 minutes that's that's the the difference between the two i think i'd I'd bring up and this might be you know kind of way too kind of out there but i bring it up as my as my school experience Right. In my school experience, you have a textbook and it's like, all right, well, A plus B equals C. This is how to fix something or this is how something works. But in the real world, A plus B doesn't always equal C. And if that's the only thing that you know, then when you come to that and you don't have kind of the logical skills in order to figure out like, all right, well, what what do you try next when the things that you expect don't go the way that you expect? Right. And so so I'd absolutely say, Rosie, from a from a tutorial channel, sometimes you're just like, you know, what what exactly? I know that this is a thing. Mm-hmm. How do I do this thing? But when you really want to learn yes. about something about hardware, right, it is more constructive in order to to kind of know when things don't go the way that you expect. Yeah. You learn more by failing. Yeah. 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 One it's that difference fa- between wanting the instant fix or understanding how the instant fix works. One of my favorite videos of Roses is where it's just the theme music to Airwolf bits of the graphics and then he just ends up couldn't get off level one and that's <laughs> <laughs> I was like that's brilliant it's <laughs> really the commitment to the bit you've got to love but yeah I mean if he just played Airwolf that would not have been anywhere near as entertaining a video no no Airwolf is terrible let's face it I mean it. I couldn't get I couldn't me. get off level one so I couldn't do a video on it so no. uh, I thought I might as well <laughs> might as well just make a one minute video about how I can't get off level one uh yeah again that's that's part of that process of uh it's not a game that i enjoyed obviously i couldn't get off the second screen but it's uh, an ideal example isn't it of, yeah of something that well, an you, idea, you're an just idea comes up yeah when, when an idea is there it doesn't but i mean it could get better after that second it doesn't get better after that second screen but it could get better after that second screen and it, it could have been a failed video but uh, it was funny because i didn't have a lot of history with that game at all. It was just something I put on randomly. And I was like, what is, why is this so difficult? So I put the video out and then just tons of people were like, yeah, this is exactly my experience as well. So it's, um, it's interesting to know that 30 years ago, people were having exactly the same issues I had like a couple of years ago, <laughs> just didn't seem to have changed over time. So yeah, it's fun. It's fun when things like that happen. You're fun. Um, <laughs> no, you. uh, so <laughs> the uh, the next thing I want to ask because we've we've covered the um, how we how we started out and um, and how it's how it's different to what we do now. But I want to ask you know, and I'm and I'm looking for a, a random person to answer this. So pitch in if you fancy answering this one. Um, with your current workflow, are you are you happy with it? Is it is it something that you are? actively looking to improve to change or are um are you happy with it or are you just stuck in your ways i can go first because i've never really been stuck in my ways with with any i think if you watch a video from any of the past four years 
if you watch one from each year, there's probably a massive difference in the way I've done the, the video. I think it, it started out, um, I know people were talking about scripting and reading scripts. My God, I was terrible when I first started because I didn't understand the writing process of writing to read um, mm. rather than writing to speak. Uh, so obviously when you're writing to read, that that sounds fine in your head, but when you say it out loud, it sounds so wooden that you have to learn to write a very specific way. So that was like the first year. And then the second year was all about, well, so far I'm just showing the game, but how about if I had this and this and this? So then the, the videos themselves start to, to kind of expand in, in terms of what I'm showing. Then I started getting into pattern swapping and cutting things down and, and it, everything's kind of grown to a point where even now I'm still thinking, I wonder if there's anything new I can do with this particular thing. I, I, I think that one of the first things that I learned was always try to learn something new with each video. And um, Oh, you taught me that a, a while ago. Mm, um, and, and I, I think that's one do. of the things, I mean, you've changed my channel massively. I, I cite you as um, uh, somebody that's had the biggest influence on, on the way I produce content and the way I, I go from from start to finish. And uh, that was certainly the biggest thing for me. At well, it's just a process of, because I don't, I'm very stupid. <laughs> I'm a very stupid person and I don't know how to do anything, but it won't stop me trying. So if I've got an idea, whether it's in editing or writing or whatever else, I will just do it and see how it comes out. And it's a benefit of being a, a comedy channel where a lot of the time I can just say, well, that was that was awful. But you know me, I'm always doing awful things and I can kind of get away with it, but I can grow it from that. So when I very first first started the channel, I, literally it was a case of buying a £20 microphone. The writing wasn't great. There was bits of editing, but people laughed at it and that's kind of, that kind of achieved what it needed to achieve. And it's just, I've just been doing, just been sellotaping things together for four years, basically. And it's just kind of worked. Um, so... It's that constant learning process, I guess. Uh, as long channel as you keep trying something up. new. Channel sponsor for you should be Sellotape, actually. <laughs> it should be. <laughs> <laughs> On Gorilla Glue, something like that. Yeah. What about you, Glenn? Are you, um, are you stuck in your ways? You know what, Lee? Unfortunately, I think I am a little stuck in my ways. I think you are as well. I think you should change... No, I don't think you should change at all. You're, 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 you're right. Nice what you do. You mean... <laughs> No, 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 no. Yeah, I think I'm a wee bit stuck in my ways, but at the same time, as Rosie said, I always try to push the envelope a bit with every new, next video. You know, just try to try to do try to tweak something every time. Try to learn something from every video. Absolutely. You know, something here needed could be a wee bit better. Something you know, wee bit added and tighten things up. Things like that. Okay, Matt. Yeah, um, probably same with Glenn. Um, I would say that it's it's not necessarily that I'm stuck in my ways, but I'm cognizant of the fact that I don't want to do too much too quickly because I'm happy with the workflow that I have. It, it works for me for the amount of time that I have to dedicate with projects. And I could easily see it going just nuts because if I scrutinize my videos, I'm my worst critic. And so I'm going to be like, I need more lighting. I need a better camera. I need this. I need this. And I did. And, and so I could just, just go nuts. And so for me, I try to limit the things. And actually, you, Lee, you've given me probably the best advice that I've gotten, which is, which is like, look, you've, you know, don't worry about like getting a new camera. Like you just let, you know, just try focusing on your lighting a little bit or focusing on just like locking your exposure or things like that. And it's just the small tweaks because I do want to come across as like, I want to make high quality things, right? I want to make beautiful things and people see that they're beautiful when they watch them. And so, but, and I, and I do want to learn things. And honestly, that's my channel's kind of about, right? I do want to continue to learn everything like leather working. Did I ever do that before? No, not at all. Right. And so, and like working on high voltage CRTs, uh, I'd never designed a PCB before. I'd never worked on a microcontroller before, before I did my battery clone. So everything is learning to me and that's the point of it. But it's, 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 it's little things, right. That I want to limit myself because I am 
ultimately right now I'm happy with my workflow um, because I know that I can do a video, get it out, feel good about it, um, and then kind of move on to the to the next project. But it's the it is the little things, as Glenn said, like, all right, well, I'm going to work on doing this part better next time. I'm going to work on doing this part better next time. Is this um, a product of that uh, that failed channel where you tried to make your magnus opus in the first video? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Because one of the reasons why one of the reasons why I was because I was literally after that one video, I'm like, I'm done. Right. This is not for me. YouTube's not for me. This is just too much. It's nuts. I could can see this consuming my life if I wanted to do this better because I thought I had to make everything better. I thought I had to come out guns blazing and have everything perfect. Um, it's, you know, I, I do have a little bit of a perf perfectionist personality, but like I've been restrained in what I'm doing and I found a, a comfortable spot for my OCD and for kind of my life. And so, and it's good, but I do want to improve. And so I think little bits at a time. Okay. Can I just go on record as saying, and um, I don't want to put too much pressure on you, but I think that um, Ollie Matt will be like a million subscribers within five years. I do. Here's open. I honestly, I honestly think that, um, I am not blowing smoke up on any orifices. It's uh, it's something I honestly believe. Um, John, right? So look, you <laughs> you're the last one I'm going to ask this, but um, uh, and I, and you just, I mean, you you have the air of a man who's just like you know grumpy old man who's stuck in his ways um, because you're from the north. Uh, I know Dave is as well, but um, <laughs> it's southern, um, southern. It, <laughs> relatively speaking, you know, I'm in South Yorkshire, not North Yorkshire. Mm. But yeah, are you ever? I mean, you you've been around probably. I, I can't. I did have a note of everybody's um, uh, channel age, and um, how many years have you been at this game? Three, and it'll be it'll be four in January. Four years. So that is actually quite young. I I just yeah. assumed because you just um, you have that that the the flavor of your channel is something that's been around for a while. You feel like one of the the big boys that has been there since the start, but you, you're not, you're actually uh, a baby like the rest yeah, of us. Little, so you've still challenge. got stuff to learn then. Are you, are well, you still I, actively learning things? Yeah. I mean, I try and do different new things in each video. I mean, it's the sort of stuff that interests me that probably no one notices that like I'll do. I, I like to start messing around at the moment with like soft focus and focus pulls. I go across a piece oh, of equipment yes. and stuff like that. I really like doing that. Does my audience care? No, not even slightly. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's another BBC micro. But, you know, it's, it's a nice bit of focus pulling as it goes. And I quite like doing that stuff. And there's the stupid things I put in there to amuse myself. Like I had this whole phase where I went through picking on one word to pronounce in the most obscure and annoying way possible. Because one person in my comments was like, mm, you said that wrong. It's like, the, right, I'm going to really start picking on one word and just mm -hmm. ruining it in each video. <laughs> Uh, partly it's because my mate Pete found it quite funny and I just just kept doing it for him. But once I called Adobe Adobe several times and four people like lost their minds, I thought, <laughs> <laughs> maybe I've got the comments going. That joke. Oh, no, it really did. Um, so that was literally, yeah, that's the end of that line of jokes. So I started sneaking in little song lyrics into videos and no one ever noticed them until I said, why is it? It's a big butt and I cannot lie. And yeah, everyone spotted that one. So it's like, okay, that line's done now. I'm done with it. And it, there's little editing things I like to put in as well. Like I like to try something new in editing each one that I've not done before. To try and, and it might be that that's like a one trick thing that I never want to do again. It's like, I've done that now. Yeah, it didn't work maybe as well as I'd hoped. Um, but sometimes it's like, oh no, I like that. That's staying in. And they just sort of become part of the sort of visual let's say style of the channel. I was going to say baggage, but the tapestry. style. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's, there's things I want to learn. There's other things I'd like to change, but I'm actually quite constrained about the amount of time and space I have to do these things. So the reason it's, you know, narration done first, film the B-roll afterwards is because I don't have a room where I can leave a camera set up. You know, I got to scrape all the kids' food off the table before I, you know, film in here. And I, there's stuff on here, like all the time. I have to clean all that away. There's quite a lot of cleaning and tidying goes into my videos that are not part of it. But yeah, because I'm constrained over time and space, you know, the little This should be on your this should be on your second channel, the cleaning and tidying bit. That's probably <laughs> gonna that's a million subscribers right there. <laughs> I was gonna say that's the core appeal of Neil's channel, isn't it? Just washing computers. <laughs> 
Get the black gloves on, yeah. Yeah, all the weird marigold comments he gets on his comment section. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not tempted to put them on myself. I wear them enough during the day anyway. But yeah, another uh, thing I wanted to put in was interview bits, but I found, because trying to find the same free time as someone else to film something is nigh and impossible. I did try and do it for one video, but it was like five months in and we'd still not managed to quite find a space or a time where we could do it. And I ended up just sort of surrendering, unfortunately. So I'd like to include a bit more of that from people who are relevant to the thing that I'm doing, but that's a huge amount of admin and time and... I, I think I'd get one video out a year if I actually you know, said, you yeah, know, I'm definitely doing that. So I, I tried, didn't succeed. And maybe at some point later on when I have, you know, more time and, you know, my children have moved out the house and leave me alone. Um, may, 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 maybe then. One thing that some people do and seem to be able to manage really well and, and one thing that I, I struggle with, um, and that's um, how many projects do you have on the go at once? Right. Well, there's a lot of people sighing <laughs> around my screen. Um, uh, Matt, you you sighed a lot. Then go on. <laughs> yeah, I, I I just felt the pain. Um, ordinarily, when I didn't when I didn't do YouTube, I had maybe three projects going on at the same time, and there was no timelines to it. I just when I got parts shipped in, I just kind of work on it in an hour here, an hour there. But when I started YouTube trying to film... YouTube ruins everything. <laughs> <laughs> it, it does. But it, it is... It, in my workflow, for me, it was impossible in order to keep that many projects going. Um, and quite honestly, I, I, I shoot in 4K. I don't have massive amounts of, of hard drive space. My, my Final Cut Pro projects are probably 500 gigs as they are. That's, it's a massive amount. So I physically can't shoot for more than one project at a time. But I honestly, I think it's been, a, it's a, been a good forcing function for me. So now I just focus on one. Um, and it, and it, honestly, it, it, it makes me kind of, it makes me happier, right? I, mm. I have things that I may buy that'll set aside for future project. Cause I've got a backlog and a list, but actively working on a project one at a time for me these days. Glenn, I, I think, uh, again, I, I, you know, I know you quite well, and I know your channel quite well. I've watched all of well, actually, all of you. I've watched all of your content, but um, Glenn, we've, we're kind of you know in the same area, and I think yeah. um, I think I I'm going to predict that you work on one project at a time. Up until very recently, I worked on one project at a time. Oh, controversial! So what, now, now that I've started trying to do these mini build things in between ah. the main videos, so those are sort of work, you know. I work on those alongside working on the main project, you know, but I don't put anywhere near as much YouTube effort into those videos. So that makes sense. Okay. So I, I'll actually, let's drill down into this a little bit because um, uh, for those that don't know, Glenn's recently started doing some um, shorter content video, not shorts, but um, no, not shorts, but I'm not, trying to limit those video, these new videos to about 10 minutes. Whereas typically one of my videos would be about half an hour, 40 mm. minutes. So the whole, um, the whole idea of that is just because I do have a never ending list of small projects, little things to build. Um, I couldn't make a half hour, 40 minute video out of it, but I still want to make some sort of content out of it. So, you know, well, as a it's, viewer, it's like, I, I it's really a condensed like these. version of one of my videos. Are you seeing yeah. any any uplift on these? Any, You'll you know, know what that one is. Oh, I know what that is. Yeah, <laughs> that that's the next mini build video. Oh, excellent! Oh, looking. Yeah. Oh, it looks like it's got chips on it as well. Yeah, it's more or less built now. Fantastic. Um, the, the rose tinted spectrum is just looking on complete bemusement. What the hell is that? <laughs> the the temptation, of course, is is to uh, just carry that forward into you know my main videos. Because these, you know, the mini build, the mini build videos so far have done reasonably well mm. in terms of views and whatnot, and interaction with the audience. Is and there a big difference? Awful, in... There's an awful lot less work <laughs> goes into it. Well, so I was going to ask you: yeah. Is there a big difference in um, how you approach those videos, though, to compared to a? Because when you when you're building something, you know, you know, from start to finish, 
you've got a good expectation of what's going to happen in, in the same way as what I was talking about earlier with my own process. Is it a different approach for you when you're doing these ones now? Are you, are you, are you going at it differently? Yeah. Well, not so much going at the actual work differently, but the YouTube side of it, I'm to come yeah. at it differently because I'm not, you know, setting up a camera for multiple different angles, shots or close-ups or anything like that. I'm just, you know, setting the camera, say, for example, when I'm doing this, I just set the camera up so that this more or less fills the screen and just worked on it. Mm. And, you know, there's maybe an hour's footage of me putting that together and I, I'm going to try and cut that down to five or six minutes. So this, I'm going to jump in with a, a bit of my um, process now because um, it's it's relevant to that. In I've actually gone the other way um, where I've, you know, in... I'm approaching the video that I think I know how it's going to happen. And I'm actually doing some of the work off camera and I'm, it's saving me a lot of time, but I'll actually get the relevant bits of footage specifically filmed and I'll try for multiple camera angles. So I'll film, you know, a wider shot and then I'll get a nice close shot, maybe a microscope shot. And I'll try and get all of that footage that I want to actually make a nice sequence and I'll do a, a you know a, a, a focus zoom and um, and a pan. One of the people that actually um, influenced this was uh, um, Neil um, when I was over at the cave um, with him when we were doing the charity thing. Uh, I took Thomas over there, and um, I got to see Neil actually in action filming uh, an episode, a full a full on episode, mm-hmm. and. And I saw his process and it, it changed the way I think about things. And he has, he has a shot list. He has um, things that he wants to, to um, appear in the video and he'll write them down and then he'll shoot those bits and he'll shoot all his B roll and then he'll shoot all his A roll um, and, or the other way around, but um, uh, not to give away all his secrets. Um, but it's, uh, it's actually really nice to watch. Uh, a- I'll do that more for the full video. Mm. and try to set up for the different angles and get the A roll and the B roll, as, as you say. But for the mini build ones, it's just point, shoot, edit, go. Dave, yeah. um, uh, how many projects are you, do you have on, on the oh, go? Oh, yeah, that was, that was the question. Um, <laughs> typically, the one, it depends, honestly. Uh, ADHD brain, um, so it's it's scatter shots, and then when I get to the the thing that I'm focusing on, it becomes like so hyper-focused tunnel vision on that one thing that I'll sit there and work on it for a solid 13, 14 hours without moving. Um, it it really depends on um, mixing things up, though, because I'll normally have like two or three series of different things going at the same time. So if I'm playing a longer game, say something that takes eight, ten plus hours then I will have um, either another short game in mind to play to to get that written up while I'm still playing the other one, or there's bad influence or this, that, and the other. There's other things I can drop in if I know that a, a longer project is going to take a while to get to that writing and editing point. Um, I guess it would be the case of, again, with Glenn, I guess it would be the case of if you got halfway through uh, fixing an Amiga, and then was like, "This is going to take another fifteen hours." That, uh, but in the meantime, I could solder a compass onto this Atari ST. I don't know how hardware works. Stop trying to blind us with science. <laughs> <laughs> but he could do that in between and do little filming bits, and then you know that you've kind of got one to go in the meantime. So yeah, it's it's just very dependent on like. What what is the thing uh, I'm currently working on? Is it a long thing? If it is, I'll throw in some smaller things in the meantime while I'm building up to the uh, the larger project, which uh, I only do like maybe one every couple of months at the minute. So you you've actually um, yeah, it wasn't actually that long ago. I'd say about six months ago, maybe a year. You changed from um, doing videos every almost every week. I think you <laughs> were doing them. Um, and now it's basically when they're done. Um, it what was a couple of years ago. Then? Yeah. What about back then when you were you were churning out the content? Was it? Well, that was one project at a time then. Yeah. No. Again, it was probably about the same. Um, I think the issue then, well, not the issue, but the 
just the amount of time it takes to do this, the ideas that I tend to have, um, on, and just tweaking bits and pieces to either tighten up the scripts or tighten up the editing or just to constantly, it was ever since I started to introduce, um, pattern swapping, uh, that things just started to take longer in general. Um, because it used to be, so certainly when you go back to the older videos, you can see it would just be long periods of the game footage being on screen while I'm talking. But now I record everything direct to camera. And then, so I've got that as kind of B-roll footage. It's not technically B-roll footage, but I use it as B-roll footage based on how I previously did things because it just means that I can swap between me talking to the camera and then the game being on screen. But then I'll also throw in other things. So it'll be like a little animation will go in here or a different image or a Photoshopped image. So like one minute of a recorded video can sometimes, or depending what's in it, I've known like 20 seconds to take me four hours of editing <laughs> to get the animation and everything in place. And then the next, say, five minutes, I could get done in two hours. It really depends on what... I've decided on a whim to throw into a video. I'm pretty sure that John um, actually just works on one project at, at a time. Is that you can do a one-word answer here if you want, John? I'll, I'll, I'll start with you on the next bit. No, it's it's one video at a time. It it takes me so long to produce one. There isn't another way for me to do it. I will sometimes have ideas about the other one. I'll be jotting things down about video next, and occasionally if I've got someone else being in one of my videos, I'll be trying to sort out filming with them in advance while I'm still working on the current one, but I'm not really actively doing anything on video next, as it were. Okay. So sometimes right, I might order we're... some bits, you know, a cable I need or something like that to make it. We're always ordering yeah. bits. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Lee, I've got a, I've got a question for the group. I got it. Um, so th this is, this is a little bit selfish too, because I do this, but, I am always looking for things to to put in a video. And, and when I'm conscious of that, sometimes I actively make the conscious decision, no, I'm not going to do a video about this. I'm just going to enjoy it. So my, my question for the group is, does everybody do that too? Or is it just me, right? Because I, I don't want my hobby to become work, right? And so like I just ordered a, a Pico Gus, right? The little Gravis ultrasound uh, card emulator. And I'm like, oh, this would be a great video. I've got a deck. I could put it in. I could do something on it. And then I'm just like, no, I just, I'm just going to put it in and play some games, you know? And I'm, I'm curious if, if, if others do that type of thing as well. I, uh, I can answer that one. Um, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I, the, the temptation is um, to everything that you come across wants to be wants to be content, uh, and you feel bad if uh, if you um, if you don't turn the camera on, you start to feel guilty. You shouldn't. You should make time for yourself because this the hobby can be quite easily killed. The love of the hobby can be quite easily killed by overproducing videos and um, and trying to turn everything into content. Um, yep. And I got to the point in um, this summer um, that I'm, I'm in a really fortunate position where a, a friend of mine, Paul, Universal Retro Boss Paul, um, he uh, he gives me all of my repairs and I do them all for free. It's like a, you know, um, a mutual um, benefit exchange. And um, I, <laughs> I had... I think it was 13 Commodore 64s to repair. And I, I just look, I carried on looking at them for about two weeks thinking, how the hell am I going to get this done? I, I, you know, there's just no way I can turn all of this into content. So for the next seven, I think it was about seven or 10 days, I just fixed Commodore 64s with that camera on. And it was fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I had such a great time. But then I, I do look back at that and think, oh, God, all that content that's just gone now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let someone else have a go. I say, it's all right, I've got a massive pile of Commodore 64s if you want to get some on camera. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I mean, I'm in the same boat. There are things I do that I just want to do for fun and don't want to try and make a video about it. I, occasionally, I get half-tempted. Um, quite a few of us went to go meet up at the cave, didn't we, earlier in the year, and I was half-thinking on my drive down, oh, well, this will be fun, I can kind of do it. And then I got there, as I'd be 
you know what? No. And I just left the camera in the car and just had a nice day. I wonder, <laughs> that's how, pretty good. I wonder how many of us did that. But there, there was, um, uh, how many, oh God, there was about, well, there were 30 people there. Mm. And I think probably, there must have been 16 to 18 YouTubers, yeah. YouTube channels there. I wonder what percentage of that um, that amount actually did exactly the same thing because I did exactly the same thing. Yeah, I, I thought about oh, I should I should make this inside content. I, should. I even brought my little gimbal and everything. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, Is that what I you could... call it? <laughs> <laughs> but I thought Neil's got a, a, a nice. I could get some lovely shots here, couldn't I? And it's just like yeah, no. <laughs> this, I, I'm enjoying myself. Left it all in the car and then vaguely made up something weird for his desert island thing from the last thing I grabbed from the house on the way there. Oh, I can give you a great example. Go so, Colin, because last year at Amiga Ireland, I built oh, yes. this thing. So, that, now this took me all day Saturday. Like, I mean, I, I started this at I think about 10 o'clock on a Saturday morning and finally gave up because I didn't even get it working down there. Uh, it was so, about can I just explain yep. uh, for those that don't know Amiga Island is uh, is a show is uh, a, a show that um, happens in Amiga, uh, for Amiga owners in Ireland and Glenn sat there at the show building a terrible fire board yep. building a TF twelve sixty all day Saturday <laughs> and it didn't the, even work at the end of <laughs> <laughs> that definitely seemed like a good idea at the time but it seemed like a great idea didn't it and I had the wife filming as we were driving down the road and all for all all those nice shots for the video and the video did come out okay but my whole Saturday was just gone mm. so it was yeah. I, I, you know I enjoyed obviously I enjoyed the event you know I did and I was the still talking to people but you know I missed out on so much during the Saturday. So this year so, when I'm going, it's just camera is staying here. And I'm uh, going down with my machines. I'll set up my table, but it'll just be going down to enjoy it. Yeah. You need to be talking to people at those sort of things. Yeah. So Rosie, you you're the last one for this for Matt's question. Yeah. Again. Uh, so if, basically for you it would be do you play games for fun? No. I find them all <laughs> awful. <laughs> um yeah. No, basically, if I start playing something, sometimes I will start playing something. I'll be recording it, and like fifteen minutes in, I'll just go, "You know what? I, I can't be asked talking about this. I'm just going to stop recording and just play it." But it's the same, same with Glenn. Like I've been to play Expo Blackpool a couple of times, and I've taken stuff down with me, and I'm like, "Right, I'm going to record it, and I'll put a video out, and blah blah blah." And literally, like two minutes into it, like I can't be. Oh, I don't want to carry a camera around. I want to play Street Fighter with. Only two of the buttons work, and uh, <laughs> and yeah, I end up doing that for a weekend instead, and recording absolutely nothing apart from um, at like seven p.m. when I'm hammered and just going next to Street Fighter where two buttons work. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm exactly the same. If I start doing something and I'm not feeling it a couple of minutes in, just stop. I just, yeah, I'll leave it at that. Right, we need to wrap up, um, but I'm going to do a quick fire round now before we uh, we go. Um, and starting with uh, Matt, when do you thumbnail? Ooh, okay. So this was this was another this was another tip from you that I have now done. Quick fire. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> um, now I thumbnail during the process. I set up a specific shot and I thumbnail during the process. Glenn? Sorry. When do you thumbnail? I do it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> My thumbnail is the last thing done. And I can John? I can feel Rosie wanting to reach through the screen for me. <laughs> No, no, he, no, he's going to be just as guilty. John? He's going to hate my answer. Whilst it's uploading to YouTube, that's yes. when I'm doing the thumbnail in a blind panic yep. of, oh, crap, it needs something. And something appears for every video. Um, Rosy-tinted spectrum. Yeah, right at the end. Sometimes when it's uploading, sometimes like two days after it's uploaded. Uh, sometimes I just can't think of what to put. But again, it, it, it's part of the story thing. I tend to try and tie it in with whatever the video is about. So if I did the thumbnail beforehand, 
I would have to adjust the story to match. So uh, yeah, right at the end. Yeah, I'm the same, and it just goes to show that um, you know you've anybody that's watched all of this for a whole hour, hoping for nuggets of um, pure YouTube gold. <laughs> Don't listen to us. Yeah. Um, Can't right. Even get my so thank to you. Work properly, so. <laughs> you look like you're in soup. Um, yeah. <laughs> right. Thank you, everybody, for watching. If you have made it this far, uh, I really appreciate it if you could give us a thumbs up and maybe a subscribe. Um, this isn't the sort of thing I would normally do on my channel, but this isn't my channel, so I, you know, I feel like I can indulge myself. Um, if you would like to find any of us on social social media, you can find Polymat at Polymat on YouTube or the Polymat on Instagram, and Glenn at CRG on YouTube, and John uh, Retrobytes UK on YouTube, and Rose Tinted Spectrum. Thank you. You've, you've already told everyone. Rose Sorry, Mr. Rose Tinted Spectrum. <laughs> Rose Tinted Spectrum on YouTube or Spectrum Tinted on Twitter. I'm more fun making it. You can find me in uh, most of the internet in, under that sort of name if you manage to spell it right. Um, yeah, thank you for watching and we'll probably see you in the next one uh, if you can make it through this one and you probably want to see the next one. Uh, it might not even be us, <laughs> but it'll be good. Goodbye.